Oi! I'm the Gomba Conscious Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And welcome to a Hero Story episode 68, right? That's right, I just said it to him 84 times in a row, just to make sure he yeah. didn't remember, and he remembered, so yeah. <laughs> I remember this time. <laughs> For those of you just joining us on a Hero Story, Hero Story is a podcast all about Marvel and DC comic books. Usually, at the start of our episodes, we go over the news of the week, where we talk about all the news that came out revolving Marvel and DC, starting with comic news, live action news, animation news, gaming news, all that jazz. After that, we go over the comics of the week. This week's comics are... We just grab them. Flash Forward, number two. X-Men, number one. Batman, number 81. Aquaman, number 53. Uh, there's a few more that I don't have in front of me right now. <laughs> Do you? Justice League, number 34. J.J. Abrams, Spider-Man, number two. And Captain America, number 15. I do to school. I didn't read all those, so usually uh, I'm the one who hasn't read them all. Yeah, college the turntables turn. Busy for me. Lately. Co- college kills both of us, clearly. Oh, how the turntables! But <laughs> we will be going over Flash Forward number two and X Men and Batman all in good depth because we both read all those. So since there's not too many comics this week and not too big of a discussion, there is a little bit of news that we will be going over. But first, we decided. Hey, let's extend this episode a little bit. Let's kind of have a bit of a filler by going over our top 10 DC superheroes of all time. Well, as of today. Today's recording date is October 17th, 2019. So this will probably change by October 25th or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Hunter's Batman and Superman ranking will swap depending on what he's reading. Every My week. rankings will swap based on what I'm reading. It's just how it goes. Yeah, you know, when you kind of read, like, several, several comic books every single week, your ranking tends to change a lot. Granted, top fives usually stay around the same. Occasionally, like, number two and three will switch or something like that, but they tend to stay the same. My Marvel list, which we'll do in another episode, has actually been the same for several years, but my DC list changes a lot. So, we'll be ranking that uh, right now, before the news. (laughs) So, how we did this before, when we went over our top ten something... Whatever our last top movies, yeah, comic book movies. Our last top ten, we would each name our number ten, then we each name our number nine, number eight, and we'll say afterwards we'll go over honorable mentions. Does that does that sound good? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, what is your number ten? All right, everybody on my Instagram used to claim that I hated him, but that could be it couldn't be further from the truth. Barry. Number ten, Barry Allen, the yeah. Flash. <laughs> I know I get I get a bad rep because I'm a Wally fan, but I do love Barry when he's written properly. I love the way Mark Wade writes him. I love the way Jeff Johns writes him. Hell, I've even come to love the way Joshua Williamson writes him. I think Barry is a really good character. I love when he's written as this stoic and heroic uncle to the flash family he's like they made the comparison that he's like the uncle ben to the flash family especially pre-52 that's very true and you know he has some of my favorite appearances and stuff like chain lightning that's not even boring though it's just like he's the ideal that you want to live up to and i like that i love that he inspires okay interesting very interesting my number 10 is barry allen (laughs) No, actually, way. yeah, okay. oh yeah, we don't know each other's lists, so this is us revealing it to each other. But yeah, my number ten is the Flash, Barry, Barry Allen. I like Barry Allen. One of my favorite Flash stories is Guerrilla Warfare, and that's a Barry Allen story. I love. Oh, I can't remember the comic. It's when Barry time travels before his death to Wally after he's been dead, and he says Chain that Lightning. he's like Chain Lightning. Yeah, you just mentioned that, and Barry explains yeah. to Wally how he's proud of him. And how he is a good superhero. He is the Flash. He is my legacy. So I like Barry in that sort of way. And even though I wasn't the biggest fan when he came back, the Rebirth 09 is a good story. And I do kind of wish he stayed as that just lost hero. I do like Barry Allen. And I do like uh, the Flash Rebirth post whatever it started to get good. <laughs> Post per- like uh, perfect the Grad story. Perfect yeah, Storm. Perfect Storm was good, and then Flash War was good, and so I like Barry Allen, and he is my number ten. Though that might change in like a week, so number ten. It, it, it happens to shift in and out, but yeah, I, all right, that's number ten. The Flash, read, I guess. <laughs> number, number nine. nine. Uh, Barbara Gordon. Uh, I know. Batgirl. Maybe a surprise that she was on my list. Uh, I think of her as Oracle first because that was 
you know, my hero growing up. Uh, so okay. everyone knows how much I love Nightwing, and part of that comes with loving Oracle. I am Dick Babs all the way. Forget about Starfire. Never liked her. Barbara Gordon is. Wait, hold on, hold on. She's the best. Do you not like Starfire at all, or do you just not like her relationship I, with Nightwing? I don't like her and Dick together, but also I don't love her as a character. It, it depends. Okay. There's some comics that I could stand her, but most of the time, like eh. interesting. But but Barbara Gordon, I mean, I love her as Oracle leading the Birds of Prey when she appears with Nightwing. I mean, Chuck Dixon wrote the perfect Barbara Gordon to me, and uh, I guess it's maybe some nostalgia too, but I'll always just love Babs. Even in the wheelchair, she was the toughest in the Bat family, and I always loved that. And yeah, and her relationship with Nightwing definitely helps stuff like that. So yeah, okay. I, I can always go back and read those early Birds of Prey issues or those early Nightwing issues and just have a smile on my face. So. Babs, number nine. I'm shocked. I think you'd be reading Batgirl right now, but I hear Batgirl's good right now, too. I, I, I don't love the idea of her switching out of Oracle, but That's I fair. don't know. I, I've considered getting into Batgirl because I do hear it's getting good. Maybe maybe three Jokers will reignite my love for modern Babs. Yeah, okay. My number nine is Starfire. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it is a new Teen Titan, though. My number nine is Cyborg, Victory Stone. I actually... Am I man or am I machine? I actually do <laughs> like this character. <laughs> I read his New 52 solo. I read his DCU solo, which was, yeah, the design was cool. I liked when he was leader of the Justice League for that small little bit in uh, Start of Rebirth when uh, Hitch was writing, I believe. And I like his Rebirth solo. I'm sad I got canceled. Cyborg's a good character. And when I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I've liked every solo Cyborg story. I liked when he was on the Justice League. I liked him as a Teen Titan, and I love him on Justice League Odyssey. Cyborg's awesome. I don't see any flaws besides writers always wanting to do the same story where am I man or am I machine? But that's the same, like, writers always wanting to do a Batman story where he just fights Joker. I mean, you're going to get that with the writers, but Cyborg, yeah, I like him. I, I think his writing can get a little repetitive, but when it's not being repetitive, then yeah, he could be a great character. I agree. Mm. I love his origin and all that. And people be like, oh, he's a Teen Titan. He's evolved from that. Like, he was a Teen Titan, but I like him on a league. I, I like him being a leader. Like, he's technically the leader of the Justice League Odyssey, and I like that. And I wish he was still on Snyder's uh, Justice League right now, because I miss him there. I liked him during the first arc. But yeah. I was I was thinking that the Odyssey would t- uh, return for the uh, War Doom of War. Justice and Doom. Yeah. Maybe not. they will. Unless they're, I mean, there's still a few issues left, but... yeah. Okay, number eight. Number eight, Hal Jordan. Highball Hal, the Green Lantern. Uh, Hal Jordan is one of my favorite characters, obviously in my top ten. I love the way Jeff Johns brought him back in 2005, a Green Lantern rebirth. And then that whole Green Lantern run that Jeff Johns, I mean, did for nearly a decade. Uh, And then even after, I love Venditti's writing of Hal Jordan. I think Hal Jordan is such an interesting character, and I love that Jeff Johns was able to work within canon and still progress the character. Uh, for those who don't know, Hal was evil in the 90s, and he killed all the Lantern Corps. But it turned out that actually uh, Parallax. he was with Parallax. And uh, I think that's just interesting, the way that Jeff was able to write that. And, I mean, pretty much any character who's written by Jeff could be considered in my top ten, just because Jeff has a way with characters. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I really love Hal. I think... Other than the current Green Lantern run, he hasn't really had a bad comic in the last, you know, 15 years since he's been back. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, other than the current run, but I do really like how and I miss him being on the league. And I miss him being the hothead of the Green Lantern course, working with the four horsemen. I miss that, but maybe we'll, we'll get that again someday. Although he is becoming like a dark star right now or something like that. So, um, My number eight is Cassandra Kane, Orphan. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, the one of the greatest like fighters it. in DC Comics history. Uh, she could kick Batman's ass, and I love that. I think just her origin story is so interesting how, for those who don't know real quickly, she was born as a weapon, kind of like Damian Wayne, but she was literally born as a weapon that her parents didn't consider her like an actual person. So they didn't even teach her to speak. They just taught her to kill. And then Batman eventually, or technically we're going with canon, Jason Todd found her and uh, <laughs> brought her in and kind of they trained her to be better. They trained her not to kill. They trained her to love. They, 
uh, Stephanie kind of got her into a hobby, which is ballerina. She likes to dance now. And they're slowly teaching her to talk. She still is a little quiet, which I like. I think she always will be, which is, like, you know, that's part of her character. But the fact that this little, like, this short little girl could just kill everyone and then just not say anything. But she won't kill people because, you know, Batman now. But I just, I like her relationship. I miss her in tech when a Batwoman, quote-unquote, killed Clayface. How she, like was so angry and ripped the bat symbol off her suit and i like that that was character development and i really like so yeah cassandra kane i could talk about her all day but i won't cassandra kane is my number eight okay yeah i'm sure you're gonna love her uh slurpy drinking live (laughs) (laughs) don't it's so sad Okay, uh, I feel number seven. Uh, all right, my number is seven. Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. Keep it on the streak, Green Lanterns. Kyle okay. is my favorite Green Lantern. Now, this is something that I tussle with between back and forth of him and Hal. Uh, you know, if I read Kyle's run from the 90s, it's Kyle. If I read Hal's run from 2000s, it's Hal. It, it's tough for me, but Kyle always holds a special place in my heart. Uh, the first Green Lantern run that I really got into and he was like my Green Lantern growing up. So uh, there's that. I, I love his relationships with uh, my favorite character, Wally West. You know, I think that's uh, j- just the way that they don't get along like the Flash and Green Lantern usually would. They have kind of a complicated relationship. Uh, just to make a long story short, Wally's Green Lantern is Hal. And Hal is, he, you know, Hal reminds him of Barry. So Hal can never do any wrong. So to see him replaced by Kyle Rayner kills Wally and it, it makes him you know tough to accept Kyle so I just kind of love that whole story and I love yeah. Kyle's story he's an artist who's a Green Lantern he's not your typical Green Lantern and I love the creative stories they did with him he reinvented the Green Lantern comics and I appreciate that a lot so number seven Kyle I would say how barely beats my Kyle my uh my one of my favorite Kyle moments is when he puts on uh Hal Jordan's ring which is made by Hal Jordan himself, so he kind of gets a bit of his personality to it, and he's like, he gets all hyped and everything, and Guy Garner's hyping him up, and when they charge into war, Kyle screams something like, who let the dogs out? And Gardner's just like, okay, Kyle, you can shut up now. So, I, I, I like that moment. Um, <laughs> I'll continue the Green Lantern train. My number seven is Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern, the female uh, Green Lantern of Earth. I like her story with anxiety. She is the most recent human green lantern unless you count teen lantern but uh <laughs> just her whole story where she isn't like kyle rayner she's in your typical lantern to be a green lantern you have to be brave you have to overcome your own fear and for her her own fear was leaving her house because she witnessed like all her friends killed in front of her so that gave her extreme anxiety and from that the power ring which feeds off fear came to her and she was able to stop it and basically get killed by black racer because of it but then the green lantern ring came and saved her and i i love her story, whole story love her connection with simon baz and yeah jessica cruz yeah, number six no, jessica's great i've been reading green lanterns and i've been really enjoying her character yeah she's awesome um okay my number six bart allen uh bart allen is my second favorite meet me Flash fam member no not when he's written by brian michael bendis but uh <laughs> not when he's given that bendis dialogue trademark but i do love his impulse run i love even his short-lived flash run i would have loved to see him take on the full legacy but uh, i'm so glad he's back i really want him and wally to reunite that's all i've been waiting for flash annual 2 was like a little taste of him talking to the statue so give me that return dc but uh, i do love bart allen i love his hyper nature his kid nature and i just love his relationship with somebody like max mercury or jay garrick it's it's great i love him on young justice even jeff's teen titans run so there's a lot of things to love about bart allen and the boy from the future you know i have his first appearance in comic flash number 92 so is that worth a lot uh, I bought it for like twenty bucks. Uh, its condition's pretty good. I'd love to get it signed by Wade one day because he, be you cool. know, Wade created him. Yeah. My number six is Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. Uh, I like Aquaman. I've always liked Aquaman. Uh, I like his pre Fifty Two run. I like his. I've read his nineties run. Uh, after New Fifty Two, but I just went back and read it in trade. I enjoyed it a lot. I love uh his current run right now. Which I didn't expect to like, but it's really good. By, by Kelly Sue, yeah. Yeah, it actually is really enjoyable. Even uh, this week's issue was amazing. So, yeah, Aquaman, I mean, 
he's awesome. At this point, what's not to love? You got a lot of jokes made from him, but he's a great character. I mean, like he's a he's a person of two different worlds. A modern world and a, more of a fantasy-like world in Atlantis. He has that struggle, and he has some of the best rogue rogues gallery in not just DC but comics in general. I'd say. I mean, Black Manta, Ocean Master, uh, Shaggy. You got a lot. I, I'll, the, I'll, crab, I'll, the crab guy. Yeah, yeah uh, Crush. A while ago, I Crush. This. King Shark. I mean, even those characters are good. I actually like Crush. He's like a gangster crab at this point, but. I like him. But yeah, number six, Aquaman. Number five. Number five, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Wow. Uh, I I wanted to rank him higher, but at the same time, I think my four ahead of him are just too good. But I do love Batman a lot. Uh, My favorite Batman run is the Chuck Dixon Batman run. Maybe controversial, but I don't know. A lot of people love like Grant Morrison, Scott Snyder. I love all those runs too. Um, I would say that the Court of Owls stuff really helped reignite my love for Batman. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, make me really want to get into the character. So I will give major kudos to Scott Snyder for that. Um, but yeah, Batman means a lot to me. Um, there's times where he can get overrated and overpushed when he's got eight different titles. But at the end of the day, he, he has so many great stories attached to him. I mean, I can read Batman Year One or Batman The Long Halloween. And I just like, ah, I just, it's like my favorite, <laughs> some of my favorite stories. Moi. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, chef kiss. But uh, there's, so much that I learned and so much to say, but I just love Batman. So number five, Batman. My number five is Hal Jordan. Like you said, <laughs> he is my favorite Green Lantern. He's the character that I probably read most. Oh, I read a lot of Kyle Rayner, I guess. And I do love Kyle Rayner, but Hal Jordan is my favorite Green Lantern out there for everything JD said. I love how he's a hothead. I love how at this point he is considered the most powerful Lantern due to him just having like overflowing willpower inside of him i like that a lot i just i like powerful characters a lot and hal jordan even like the start of uh hal jordan greenlander corpse rebirth he was basically like a god in a way like he blew up a planet by punching sinestro and i thought that was so cool to read but yeah number five hal jordan yeah that's great uh number four tim drake robin red robin best robin um, he, yeah, he's the best Robin <laughs> as Robin. Uh, I love the character so much. His solo run went for like, I want to say like 170 issues maybe. I mean, I Chuck Dixon remember. also uh, wrote like the first maybe like 100 issues. I, I love it so much. I wish it had more trades. It only has five trades, which is really unfortunate. But uh, his run is so great. I love to see Tim develop as a character along with Stephanie. Him and Steph are one of my favorite relationships in DC. And just the tease and like the most re- uh, one of the most recent Young Justice issues where he wants to discover his pre fifty two memories. I mean, there's just so much great about Tim, and uh, yeah, he's always been one of my favorite characters. I would always love to see him take up the Batman cowl one day. That's kind of like controversial, but I'd love to see it. I'd take that over uh, Luke Fox. <laughs> yeah, anyone would. I mean, though him taking over the mantle means he's gonna use guns and kill people. Super Sons of Tomorrow <laughs> reference. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Titans of Tomorrow, Super Sons of Tomorrow. Yeah. My number four is the loneliest man alive, Wally West. Uh, he called himself that in Flash Forward issue one. Was it loneliest man? Yeah, I'm yeah. the loneliest man alive. Yeah, so that's my number four. Uh, my favorite speedster, Wally West, is awesome. He carried the legacy so well. He is not only the best Flash because of power, but because of stories, too. Uh, I might say I like Barry's rogues a little better, but... I mean, Hunter Zalman, you can't really be him. And Flash, just this whole story of how he was a fan of the Flash and he got the powers, became Kid Flash, to becoming the actual Flash, to being lost in time, coming back as the Flash again. And then now, well, I mean, he's killed people, but he's still <laughs> he's still one of my favorites. Number four is Wally West. Yeah, awesome. Uh, number three, we're going into Superman. Uh, I love this character so much. There's so many stories that I just love. I've been rewatching Smallville recently, and oh man, it just makes me love Superman even more. Uh, Superman's just that character that you could always go back to no matter what. I mean, there's times where you get a little tired of him, like the New 52, but then there's stuff like Rebirth that brings you right back. Uh, Rebirth reignited my love. It's, it's funny because like in the mid-2010s, I was kind of falling out of Superman, and two things brought me back. Man of Steel, Man of Steel. The movie, yeah. like brought me back, <laughs> and then uh, Superman Rebirth by Tomasi and Lois and the Avengers, Lois and Clark, whatever the with the black suit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's just 
such such so much that I love about the character. I actually just recently bought uh, Superman Secret Identity, which is my I want to say second favorite Superman story, but sometimes it's my favorite story. I just bought it in oversized hardcover form. It's such a beauty. Uh, between that and All Star Superman, like I just I love the character so much, and I could always go back to Superman. He's always great. So number three, agreed. My number three is Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Uh, at well, as Nightwing, haven't read much of his Robin, and I refuse to read any more of his Rick. Uh. Dick Grayson is awesome. I mean, he is the perfect legacy character. You can't beat Batman and Robin. And then afterwards, when you, I guess you could beat it by beating one of them with a crowbar, um, you get a perfect <laughs> superhero. Like Nightwing, he's like Batman, but he's filled more with hope and inspiration and a little bit of cockiness in there, but in a good way. He has great relationships with other characters like Batgirl and Superman and even Starfire and Red Hood and Damien and it's <laughs> Nightwing's just such a fun character to read and I like all of his stories pretty much. He's just I yeah, okay. Nightwing number three. <laughs> I don't know what else to say besides that. Yeah. I mean he's fantastic and I hope we get him in the I'm Batman live action movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm about to cover myself, so number two, Nightwing. Uh, Dick Grayson <laughs> is my second favorite character. He was originally my favorite character. Um, I was originally going to make a history. No. I was originally going to make a history of the Nightwing count. True story. Back in 2015, it was a big possibility. I Chuck Dixon's. I, I've been bringing up Chuck Dixon a lot. Shout out to you, man. I love you. Uh, Chuck Dixon's <laughs> Nightwing run is my second favorite comic run of all time. The trades of it are so beautiful. Uh, it just made Dick Grayson who Dick Grayson is today. And uh, throughout that run, I just. There's so much to love. Him becoming a cop, him with Babs, him making Bloodhaven his own city, fixing to an extent his relationship with Batman, and just the villains that he has. Because when you think of Nightwing villains, sometimes it's a little tough to think of like big Nightwing villains. But yeah. this, that, the Chuck Dixon run didn't have quote unquote big villains. Sometimes you just had a villain for like an arc, but it worked. Uh, Blockbuster is probably the biggest one, which is like a mob boss. And I love that story. So, uh, yeah. Is Blockbuster Nightwing your favorite great. Nightwing villain? He's definitely up there. Um, I, I think he's he, he's like a long term plan. He's like a kingpin type guy, but yeah, he is. you know. So I, I like that, and I love him in the Dixon run. So yeah, I, I could say him, and uh, I even love the Devin Grayson run on Nightwing. So I, I love Nightwing, even when Peter Tomasi took over in two thousand nine. So it, it kills me to watch him as Rick now, but he's coming back soon, so I'm hyped. Yeah, me too. Nightwing too. I was going to say my favorite Nightwing villain is Raptor. Just put that out there. Uh, Raptor's fun. I won't yeah, lie. he's awesome. Number two is, for me, Clark Kent. Superman. For everything JD said. I love how he's filled with hope. I love Man of Steel. I even like him in BBS. And for his little moments, I liked him in Justice League. Uh, Superman's awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I do love that he's filled with hope and inspiration. He's that hero that everyone looks up to. Uh, people be like, oh, Superman sucks because he has all the powers. Okay, read a Superman story. You don't see him use all the powers. You see him struggle with other things. He he is inspirational. He is, what's the word, relatable. And, and yeah, Superman is my number two. And sometimes he's my number one. But right now he's my number two. But maybe tomorrow he'll be number one. Depends <laughs> on what side of the bed I get up on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wanted to like kind of add on to that uh, with... Uh, Superman being like, oh, he's overpowered, oh, he's boring. Uh, his probably best story in All-Star Superman is a story about him being overpowered by the sun and getting too much power and what he does with it. So most people who say Superman's boring or Superman's overpowered have actually never read a Superman comic. But do yourself a favor. Read some of those great Superman comics. Read Secret Identity. Read Secret Origin. Read All-Star Superman. Read the Tomasi run. I mean, so much great stuff. Even when he is... "Quote unquote overpowered." Sometimes this is awesome. Look at the latest uh, Justice League comic. Um, not the latest, but the one where they go to the fifth dimension. Superman. Oh, that's one of your. Fa- that's one of your favorite feats, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. He's like stuck in this place for what seems like an eternity, where there is no sun. There's nothing. So he's slowly dying, and then all of a sudden he sees the suns, and he flies through different suns, flies right to the planet that the league is on, and punches the world forwarder in the face creating this giant crater in the planet and it's so freaking cool but yeah uh superman's awesome number one i mean you can guess what mine is yeah, uh, harley know. quinn uh, yeah why do you like harley <laughs> quinn 
<laughs> she's just so I love when she takes down the Trinity and Heroes in Crisis mm -hmm. and when she says LOL relatable things and uh, you know she's just so great uh, my real number one is obviously Wally West I mean I have a whole account you know centered around the Flash which is a lot of Wally stuff especially in the beginning uh, you know I'm, if it weren't for Wally West this podcast wouldn't be going on right now I love Wally West I think he's just one of those great characters uh, he's one of those characters that we've seen grow and I always say this always 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 but we saw him being a from go from a kid following a legacy to a father creating his own. So that, that's just something that I love. I and mean, you don't really get to Deep. see nowadays comic characters grow like that. Between and the Jeff Johns run, I mean, there's just so much to love. And yeah, so many great stories. So Wally West, number one. Of course. My number one is Batman. <laughs> just go straight up and say, I know like he's the most popular superhero, but there's a reason he's the most popular superhero, right? Well, for most people, he's the Batman. His stories are great. His character is great. It's so interesting. Even the name, Batman. That's so awesome. Name <laughs> a bad Batman. Okay, I can name a hundred bad Batman moments. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, it's good. I mean, we're going to be reviewing his uh, latest issue later on the show here. And that might not be good. But in general, Batman's a great character. And I love that he's created a family uh, after losing his own and I love how he is the world's greatest detective, but he could also kind of be with Superman, who is an alien who could fly, and Batman can stands tall right next to him. He's a fantastic character. Sometimes Superman's my number one, but for the longest time, and he was my first favorite superhero, it is Batman. So thank you, Batman, for being Batman. <laughs> Want to do a few honorable mentions real quick, and then we'll get into the news. Yeah, yeah. So uh, some of my honorable mentions, uh, definitely Superboy, Connell, and even John in the beginning. I really like John. Uh, Jay Garrick, uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Alfred, Lois Lane, uh, Connor Hawk, Green Arrow. Yeah, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Those I'd say Superboy, Wonder Woman, Zatanna, Doctor Fate. Uh, Deathstroke, when he was a hero, Defiance, I miss you, Kyle Rayner, Guy Garner even, uh, Bart Allen, Tim Drake, Red Hood, and, if this counts, Super Lex. Yeah, that does count. You were talking about him on last week's podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, back you, you when he, uh, Lex. back when Lex Luthor called himself Superman, wore the Superman symbol on his chest, it lasted about two years, maybe two and a half I love those moments, though. He was such a good character. He was like Superman. He saved people, but he was also kind of a dick. But it was fun to read. I liked it a lot. We, we, we might see that coming in animation soon, voiced by Rain Wilson. So Oh, I am intrigued. I like that a lot. Remember okay. at the end of one of the last animated movies, oh, they yeah, teased I think Dark, Rain Dark Side War? So. Yeah, yeah. It's happening. Well, he became Super Lex after Dark Side War. So. Yeah, but if Dark Side War is coming, then I feel like Super Lex is coming, especially with Lex joining the Justice League. I, I feel oh, like yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. It's definitely coming then. Okay, yeah. cool. And that's our uh, that's our top ten DC characters. Uh, yeah. It took about a half hour, but that's okay, because we will get through the news and go over our three comics that we will fully go into and a little bit of the other ones. So, uh, starting out with live action news on the DC side of things, the Suicide Squad is filming right now, and we got a few set pictures of some of the costumes. Uh, returning characters include Amanda Waller looking like she did before, Captain Boomerang with a new suit. Granted, it is just a new jacket, but it has boomerangs on it, which is kind of nice. And I think those are the only two returning characters that we saw. Oh, Rick Flag under an umbrella, if that counts. But besides that, yeah. mostly new characters that will probably only be alive for a little bit. So, yeah. Did you see him? Anything to add? Yeah, no, they look very comic booky suits. I'm hoping this is more Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and not as much Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm sorry, Caleb. I know you love that movie. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> it's filled with jokes. So uh, this one, we're going to get a lot of deaths right off the bat, I'm sure. So, yeah, But I'm Captain Boomerang, sure. I'm hoping lives for a while. Uh, it's Will Smith is not in this movie. He's not seeing the set pictures or anything like that. I wonder if they'll say anything about him. Maybe like Deadshot spin MIA or ever since Deadshot this mission. Went off with his daughter. Deadshot took, turned off his comm and we couldn't bear to blow up his brain or something. I don't know. Something like that. Um, next bit of news is Catwoman has been casted mm. for the Batman. We had a list of rumors that we talked about last week, but now we have a confirmation that it is Zoe Kravitz. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yes. 
Like Lenny Kravitz? Yeah, something like that. Wait, what? Oh, JD, just, this thing just crashed. I'm just gonna leave this in. Uh, JD, come back. You there? Yeah. Okay. Kravitz is a daughter of Lenny Kravitz, which is like a rock star. Stepdaughter of Aquaman, aka Jason Momoa. Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. What do you think? Thoughts? Oh, uh, you can make me go first. Um, no, okay. I, I actually don't think I've seen her in anything. I can't think of one thing that I've seen her in. I, she was I in up, Fantastic Beasts. Never seen it. She was in... I've seen her in a few things. I'm kind of going blank right now. I can't remember. But anyway, um, I hope her acting ability is good. I uh, hope she has good chemistry. I mean, mostly love interest get cast because they have good chemistry with the main character. So I'm assuming her and Batson have good chemistry. So I'm curious. I hope she's more Catwoman than uh, Anne Hathaway was because... Yep. <laughs> there's some kind of revisionist history going around that Anne Hathaway was this like great Catwoman. She was not. She was a lady in a black suit who stole things. Yep. I don't even, I don't even think she was called Catwoman. Please like call this new one Catwoman. That's my biggest pet peeve in superhero movies when they don't call them by their name. Did you know Wonder Woman has ever been called a Wonder Woman in live action before? Yeah. I like, think we talked about that on the show, but yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> call them by their superhero names. I like imagine if we got Batman and Guy. And so, that, that's oh, I something guess we Spider-Man did. in the MCU does right. How much they call him Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm, and I'm happy about that. They introduce him, this is Spider-Man. And said, this is Peter. And he takes off his mask and says, hey, I'm Peter Parker. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, call her Catwoman. Make her still a thief and everything. But give her... I'm, I'm happy we're getting a Catwoman this early on. I like Catwoman a lot, so... I'm excited. I'm, I think the I'm cast not the biggest good. Catwoman fan. I've never been a big bad cat shipper, so it's kind of just like, okay. <laughs> That's fair. Well, we all knew she was going to be in this movie, so we'll Catwoman. Yeah. So I like the casting. I think she looks the part. Um, speaking of the Batman, Jonah Hill was very heavily rumored to be playing either the Riddler or the Penguin. He is now no longer rumored. He is now completely out because he demanded to have $10 million or he walks. To which the studio replied... We're giving Bye-bye. Pattinson, <laughs> the guy who's playing Batman, $5 million. Why would we give you 10 You're not even playing the main villain. And then he literally did walk. So, <laughs> oh, the horror. I'm sure we're all very sad that the comedy actor Jonah Hill will no longer be in the Batman movie. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Riddler was casted, though. Paul Dano will be playing Riddler. I hope I pronounced that right. He's been in a few movies. The only one I, I really know him from, he was in Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, which is really good. And he's a really good actor, and I'm okay with this casting. But yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, I just hope he could talk fast and get some riddles out. <laughs> yeah, and a bit of a high pitch, like, riddle me this kind of thing. Yeah. Open. Um, going away from the Batman, going to Crisis on Infinite Earths, the upcoming CW crossover event happening in a bit over a month right now, I believe. Uh, some set pictures came out. Uh, one of them showed, uh, while they were filming, uh, what's his face? Tim Burton? Yeah, Tim Burton's Batman, Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, they, Michael Keaton was on a newspaper in one of the set pictures as, as Bruce Wayne too, saying Bruce Wayne is marrying Selena Kyle. So it's continuing from the Michael Keaton Batman movies, which is really cool. We're not going to get Keaton. That'd be really awesome if we did, but we're not going to get that. But it's cool that at least we're showing this universe, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. This is awesome. Crisis of Earths is also adding Lucifer to the show. Maybe not a big role, but more so a cameo, possibly. Lucifer is a TV show, which is owned by DC, so makes sense it's going to be an event. Also, yeah, it's like the same thing that they're going to do with the Titans. Yeah, I was about to say. Titans is also apparently getting a cameo. Just a cameo, but we are going to see him in Crisis on Earth, apparently. It's not officially confirmed yet, but heavily rumored. And last bit of Crisis news is the Anti-Monitor had a full reveal recently, and he looks very dark side wordy, which I like. <laughs> I was about to say, you must love that. Yeah, no, he does look like, like people were like, he looked nothing like uh, the Anti-Monitor. I was like, well... Depending on the version, I I wouldn't be surprised if we get like some big CGI model of what the original anti monitor looked like in Crisis, but we probably will at one know. point, maybe near the end, because he cool. is like a giant, and he kind of has a weird mask yeah. going on. So it makes sense that they went with 
the more humanoid version of him for now. For and those who read today's, I mean, this week's Justice League issue, you see some old anti-monitor action. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, because he is back to his older design, I guess. Instead of his New 52 for some reason. I didn't think of that that way. Oh, um, that's it for DC News. Only bit of Marvel news is a rumor. The Inhumans are heavily rumored to be recasted and some of them to appear in the Miss Marvel TV show coming out to Disney+. Plus. So, rest in peace, original Inhumans. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's so it now for the news. We go, yeah, to the comics of the week. Welcome. Uh, so, is there anything in particular you want to start with? I mean, X-Men Flash Forward, probably. Okay, let's go Flash Forward, then we can go X-Men. So... Flash forward, number two, Wally West, <clears throat> solo series, well, mini. Uh, so at the end of the last issue, uh, he was traveling the multiverse, and he sees President Superman, like, nearly dead on the ground, and he uh, starts running towards him, and we pick up right from there. Uh, so President Superman is all bloodied and hurt, and uh, Wally's like, well, what happened? And there's this big, kind of like, almost like a, if you mixed Venom and a dinosaur, is what it reminded me of, like, the way its mouth is shaped. What? Um, oh, oh, okay, yeah, the like monster. Venom, you like the monster on the second page? Mm. That's what I thought of. Uh, but Wally uh, uses the staff that Tempest Fujinaga gave him, and that's how he was able to defeat this big shadowy monster. Uh, but then the President's Secret Service come, which is the Justice League of America, which includes Steel, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Vixen. Yep. And they're like, step away from the President or face the Justice League of America. Do you like and their designs? Um, I like the Wonder Woman design. Batman design's okay. The, the logo's kind of cool. I like them all. I think they all look pretty good. And that's actually I mean, like Steel, a really good Batman suit. Steel looks like in canon. That's yeah, they just got rid of the symbol on the chest. Yeah. And Vixen pretty close too. But I really like the bat suit. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a like, cool logo. Kind of reminds me of a mix of New 52 and Batman Damned. Mm-hmm. The logo kind of goes over the cape. But yeah, anyway, it's going. Yeah. Uh, so President Superman reveals that he was flying back in his bird plane one instead of Air Force One like we have. And uh, he was attacked by these uh, monsters. And that's when Wally came to his rescue. And uh, Wally starts running off because he decides that he could save this world. Uh, they're going to drop an anti... Uh, the Congress of this world voted to drop an uh, anti-life bomb in the Grand Canyon to try to get rid of these monsters. So Wally's like, no, no more death. I could stop it. And he gets kind of flashbacks of like being back in his prison cell and having given up. So I think it's kind of just to refresh the reader what happened in the first issue. Uh, When he gets to the Grand Canyon, we see a team, the retaliators, AKA Marvel. Yep. (laughs) So um, for those who listened to our Scott Lobdell interview, we knew this was happening. Uh, He said that he kind of gave Brett Booth a lot of art freedom here and, yeah, so that's what happened. He's you basically could really it. tell. So these are like, they're new designs, but they're all very much based off of Marvel characters. Like the Captain America one. He has a yeah, similar looking shield. helmet. He's got similar looking scales. And he uses a shield and is the leader. Like Yeah, they have, they have a female who looks just like Spider-Man with her eyes. And she's like kind of web slinging. They have uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey wearing like uh, these really green suits. But... They're basically X-Men Cyclops suits. and Jean Grey. You see a Rogue in the back. Storm. Um, There's a Daredevil. He basically has Daredevil's original suit on, but instead of yellow and brown, it's black and purple. Yeah. They have a uh, Deadpool-looking guy in the first one. I don't even think he had a line, but uh, he kind of looks like Deadpool. Yep. But There's an Iron Man-looking guy that kind of looks more like a bug face, but it is very much Iron Man. Yeah. So the point of this is just to show how powerful Wally is. Uh, he's able to basically outrun all of them, and even these heroes are kind of impressed, like, whoa. And then they realize that they're on the same side when uh, the Jean Grey one is able to read his mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wally's doing all this just trying to take down the uh, black monster in the Grand Canyon, and he's able to use Tempest Fujinot's, uh staff to do this. And that's when President Superman comes in uh, with the bomb so they could uh, disarm it, and uh, they call him a symbol of hope. President Superman's like, you're a 
symbol of hope. And Lolly's like, I can't tell you how much I wish people would stop saying this. And then this is where we get again the Lolly Gills. So we we get a good balance in this issue of Wally having fun as the Flash and being guilty as Wally, which I really like. Yeah. Um. But he runs off and uh, he's gone to the next Earth, basically. And Tempest Fugitive is still uh, watching over him. Uh, kind of shaky dialogue from Tempest Fugitive here. Some of the things he says, I'm just like, eh, I don't. I feel like that's not the way like a, a god of the universe would speak. I but. thought that too, but he is, he talks the same way in Sideways. Okay, yeah, I don't really have a one to one comparison because I haven't read Sideways, but he is in Sideways, and he is very like he seems he kind of talks like a sassy, lonely man. And he's like that in Sideways, too. Like, he's very sassy, but he also is very lonely. And he goes to Sideways just because he's bored. It's like, hey, you want to do anything? And Sideways is like, uh, get out of my house. So, that is his character. Okay, that makes sense. And then, uh, anyway, the last two pages, uh, they're statues of uh, heroes who died in Heroes in in crisis. Crisis. You see Lagoon Boy, you see the Steel Guy, you see Roy Harper. Uh, it's funny, in the background, you kind of see a Wally West-looking one. Well, he did technically die. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, the dialogue says, uh, Narc, Commander Steel, Uncle Roy, and Fish Guy, Lagoon Boy. Those things weren't here yesterday. They're new. And then the other character says, are they statues or like gravestones? And we get the reveal that it's Jai and Irie. And yes. Wally's what was your kids. reaction? <laughs> Big reaction, of course, by me. I did not get spoiled at all, so that was a, a huge, you know, awesomeness. When Scott Lobdell said "think too," he was not kidding. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Irie says, "Don't worry, everything will be okay, Jai. I promise." And Jai says, "Now I'm scared, Iris. Remember when Daddy made that very same promise?" So, Jai and Irie, what do you know? Wally um, West's children back. It it looks like Irie is wearing the impulse suit underneath her cloak. Oh, it totally does. Yeah, red boots and so, kind of like the white suit, red gloves. All that I want is Irie Pulse. I've wanted this since it was teased in Rebirth 09, and I'm ready for it. So kick Bart out of Impulse, make him Kid Mercury, and give me Irie Pulse. Okay. I'm, Jay, I'm hyped to see him again. Even Jai, like he's not really wearing a suit, but he has like a necklace with a, with a lightning bolt on it, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, back. Children... Next issue, Children of the Revolution. So, Giant Irie back. What do you think of the issue? I loved it. <laughs> I love the whole Marvel scene a lot. It's very, it was very cool and fun to kind of look at the characters that are just like, that's not, uh, whatever your name is. That's Captain America. <laughs> I can't remember their names. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's not Purge. That's Jean Grey, and it, it's really cool. And some of them, one of them even says like something Smash. Oh yeah. Behemoth Bash, and it's like, okay, that's very much a blue hole right there. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah, fun. And even the ending, I got spoiled from uh, Comic Savior, who posted on a story, but he always posts his stories. He says, like, click here to see blah, blah, blah. And it's always not something that's that. So he said on his story, like, click here to see Hunter Zolomon, and I quickly left it. So I expected Hunter Zolomon to appear. So when I turn, I'm like, well, when I was reading this, like, why is Hunter Solomon saying Uncle Roy? And then <laughs> I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, Jay and Irie. So, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, Jay and Irie, big reveal. I was not expecting that. So it was it was definitely nice. Um, I didn't expect them to come back this soon, but I'm Neither. not happy. I'm, you know, I'm more than happy to see it. I'm here for it. What do you rate it? Um, I want to say 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I had my problems with some of the dialogue and the issue, but I didn't think it was that bad. I thought some people said like it had a tone issue. I didn't think so. I thought it was able to keep a good balance. So okay, I'd actually say nine point five. I really liked this. I didn't really see any flaws. I enjoyed it the whole way through. Th- this book feels like it belongs in Rebirth, like twenty sixteen DC. Yeah, <laughs> very so. much. The Brett Booth only a few years later, even, but you know, yeah. It's like literally continuing yeah. Wally's story from 2016, so makes sense. All right, now on to X Men. 
Yeah, so uh, this one's going to be very tough for me to recap because there's a lot happening that, uh, we well, could you know, not, I'm not quickly go disclaimer, I'm not the most well-versed in Marvel slash X-Men. So I know everything. Save your, save your bad reviews for my DM. <laughs> um, I know everything so it, the, about X-Men, so I, I'll help you. <laughs> the issue starts out with uh, Charles Xavier and Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops. And um, Professor X. That's why I said Charles Xavier. Yeah, when you said Scott Summers, aka Cyclops, aka Professor X, aka Bald Leader. Thank you. Uh, he he says uh, to open Scott to open his eyes, and Scott doesn't trust himself. And he's like, "Please trust." And he opens his eyes, and the glasses work. So uh, it's flashback. I, I like the way. Yes, I, I like the way um, it ends. Charles says, "Oh, the things I will show you," because you know he's the leader of the X Men. He'll show you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in this issue, we get to see uh, Storm and Cyclops team up, and they're facing. Are they supposed to be drones? Man. Like um, clones? yes and no. So no they clones? are like senti- sentinels. Sen- uh, okay. You know what sentinels? I mean? Yeah. But uh, they are soldiers here too. The okay. things that they first fight are robots, but afterwards they are soldiers. Okay. So yeah, they're breaking like into when... a lab. Yeah, I like when Magneto and Polaris come in and Polaris kind of just clears out a hole in the middle. And I love that Magneto white suit. Like, it's pretty awesome. So, Um, yeah, how that happened was uh, Scott and uh, Storm, they get to all these soldiers and they're all firing on them. So they don't have to take cover. And then you hear this rumbling happen. They look up and they all, everyone kind of looks up into the ceiling and the ceiling just rips open. Magneto's floating there. And once everyone's silence except for one soldier who just says, Magneto. Like, you could, I know it's just text and art, but you could see the fear in all of them as they look up and, I mean, you're kind of doing a, a Jesus pose in a way. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Thank you, Zack Snyder. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your symbolism, Zack Snyder. Uh, I, I like when they uh, they go down the corridor a little bit and they, like, there's these apes on the side that are about to attack them. And uh, Scott says, be, be careful, they're, they're sure to be savvy. All these apes have PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh like it's stupid, but it's funny. Um, we we get to see a little bit of Magneto's power in this issue, which I like. Um, they they come across like a group of kid mutants that were being held there, mm-hmm. and uh, Magneto. They kind of view Magneto as like a savior, which plays in later in the issue when they get back to Krakoa. Yeah, um, they, like they came here. Like, Magneto, Magneto's back when they're at uh, Krakoa. He's he's waited for this moment. I'm I'm so glad. <laughs> Because he's been yeah. feared for so long, and he still is by humans, but by mutants, they consider him a hero. Well, anyways, yeah. uh, Cyclops, Storm, and Magneto, they came to this place to save these children, and I believe they mentioned this is the last lab. So this is the last area where they could save these mutant kids. One of them, uh-huh. however, that is kind of like Mr. Negative style, is this little girl where um, her colors are like negative, so black and white, pure black, pure mm-hmm. white. And she's very afraid, and she calls herself weak and afraid, and they're just like, oh, come to Krakoa, it's okay, we'll help you. And then she just says, have to go, and teleports away. Mm -hmm. And uh, Magneto suggests, like, let's follow her, like, we we could catch her, she can't have gone far, but Scott says, no, look around you, there's like like 50 kids here, that was just one kid, we'll find her, but for now, let's bring these kids home. Uh Awesome. That's when they get to Krakoa. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, I love the way uh, Magneto's written here. Um, I love like, his lines. He comes off as kind of like their savior, which I, I really like. Um, I think one of the lines in particular like really stuck out to me. Like, I've spent my life fighting so you would never have to, my child. I wasted too much of my life at war with the humans, but it was worth it because now you have Krakoa, and Krakoa is all you will ever need. So. And the kid says... But what if the humans try to take it from us? Like they always do. I'm not afraid. I won't run. You won't have to. For I am Magneto. Let man run from me. Magneto! <laughs> and they all start Magneto. chanting. <laughs> and he puts his helmet back on. Like, yeah. His daughter even says to Scott, like, it's like he's a young man again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the issue kind of ends with uh, a dinner at the summer's family house i guess yeah um because all the summer siblings are mutants if i'm not mistaken havoc yep. and cyclops and 
There's another one. Um, there's a, there's a funny joke about uh, <laughs> rare steak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, just made me laugh. Like the, Hickman is doing really well with uh, implementing the comedy in this issue. Mm. So like that a lot. But uh, not really much to say about the summer family dinner. It's just nice to see Scott and his father getting along. And uh, his father. Him, like, kind of the, the portal. Oh, God. I'm going to get here. As far as I know, and I've read quite a few X-Men books with his father. His father isn't a mutant, right? No, I believe his father's just a human. That's yeah, why I like Yeah, so Washington. I'm like, is he on Krakoa as a human? Yeah, so, I, I think I think they were like he offered him the flower to get over there. I feel like that's gonna right. play in later. Okay, so humans right, I guess we established in like the start of House of X that humans can visit, but they can't live. Yeah. So yeah, yeah uh, his father is visiting them all. Because uh, all of his children are mutants and he can't be one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they just have dinner. Wolverine is there with them. He's like the only one that's not part of the family, but he's there and he just wants his steak rare, but he doesn't get it rare. So, you get the medium rare. I'm, I'm a well done guy myself, so disgusting. Um, <laughs> the villains yeah, of this book were just kind of set up. Uh, if you remember back to House of X number three i think this is when uh the x-men they went to that space station and they destroyed it doing so they died but they came back uh-huh. but they did die but the station is still intact everything's destroyed but it's still a livable environment so there's some villains living up there right now and i don't know if the x-men know that or not yeah boom 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 but yeah that's uh that's about it for x-men number one did you like it yeah, solid first issue. It was a long read, which you mentioned before we started recording. I totally agree. Um, my comic shop was said that they were giving out trading cards, like these X-Men trading cards with every issue of X-Men 1 bought. And oh, okay. I was the first one checked out at my comic shop, and I just realized I never got my trading card. So, Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, no, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, solid like 9 out of 10. Uh, really good start, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I can... The, notice how... Yeah, summer house. There's a little view of it. It's kind of like a big flower, and you kind of yeah. see it in one of those white pages, and you see where everyone's kind of living. Uh, so you obviously have the summers living there. You got Vulcan. You got Havoc. You got Cyclops. You got Jean, since she's usually with Cyclops. Uh, you got Cable, Kid Cable, who was Jean and uh, Scott's son, but also Wolverine, <laughs> which I kind of think is odd to me. Like, Logan lives with them. Like, he's right next to Gene's room, which I think is like, all right, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a little odd. I, I do like when Scott talks about, like, living on Kokoa, like, you can make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah, you could. And, like, keeping things moving. So, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, X-Men number one. I give it a nine. Yeah, same. I'm excited so, to continue. Uh, yeah, so let's go to... You read Batman, correct? Yes, I did. All right, Batman number 81, drawn by the greatest comic book artist of all time, J.R.J.R., John Romita Jr. Uh, this is all sarcastic, of course. John Romita Jr. draws a great Spider-Man back in the day. Credit where credit is due. But his Batman is so ugly. It's it's so boxy. I remember when he did Suicide Squad, and, and his Suicide Squad, uh, who was it? Killer Croc literally just looked like a box with a gator mouth. <laughs> his Harley so Quinn was like thick but in a in like a thickness where you get like a 65 inch LG TV from <laughs> like it's a box it, uh-huh. I didn't like it at all it's like you look at the cover here and you see Bane on the cover do you have the regular cover or the variant no main cover okay you see Bane he's a little blocking everything imagine that but it was Harley Quinn <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like ugh, i don't like it it's the reason i dropped suicide squad which is a shame because i hear it got good after junior junior did the did his little arc there but anyways yeah like he said like jd said the way he draws batman is he makes the ears tend to be fairly short on most artists when they draw batman and in the back of the head little little kind of rounded triangles junior junior makes the entire head just a triangle and it's just I like how you call, I like how you called him Junior Junior. Junior. <laughs> um, Jr. I mean, it is Junior Junior, kind of. Jr. So yeah. so so we got kind of a 
death in this issue, which was like, huh? Um, City of Bane seems to have derailed a bit over these last two issues. Mm-hmm. A bit. A bit. I think that's fair. So Thomas Wayne has Damian Wayne Captured. capture. He's hung upside down, and uh, Thomas Wayne doesn't want to kill him because he said he can't kill his family. To which Damien says, we're not family. These people are my family. And the Bat fan breaks out. We see Batwoman, oh, no. Orphan, Signal, Huntress for some reason. Huntress should not be part of the Bat fam. End of story. Uh, Batgirl, Tim Drake, and Damien. So a bit of the Bat fam coming up, right? Could be cool, right? Right? Oh, These are my family. Okay, so I, I it's want... like, Damien, have you even had a conversation with Huntress? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like literally the same exact thing. I was like, who cares about Huntress? Especially like the Rebirth version. Who cares? I, I, I don't mind her Rebirth version. I actually like her on the Birds of Prey. And I but like her interactions with fam. Dick Grayson since they worked together during Spiral in New 52 during the Grayson run. But when did she join the Bat family? Like, JD and I talked about this about a month ago on the podcast when she first appeared on in Batman City of Bane. It's like, when did Huntress join the Bat family? <laughs> did I miss exactly. that? Anyways, go on. Uh, so I'm going to stick with their story, the Bat Fam versus Thomas Wayne. So okay. they all start beating up on Thomas Wayne pretty bad. And something that I get annoyed with in Tom in Tom King comic books, especially Batman, he, he doesn't put like, and I don't even know if this is his decision or not. It could be editorial. They don't put who is speaking like behind, like usually in oh, other comics, you're like, right. color of the hero, like like if it was Signal, it would be like a yellow thing with like an S in the background. So, you know, Signal's talking. Or if it was Robin, it would be, you know, an R logo, that kind of thing. That one would be it's red. Just a bunch of speech, yeah. It's just a bunch of speech bubbles here. So, sometimes you just don't know who's talking. Like, the way I interpreted this is Duke talking the whole time. Oh, really? I, said, I thought Tim. <laughs> well, because Duke says the line right there, the the feel like you should uh, you should know after Damien let us in, told us what had happened. We had a debate while we were while we were waiting. Whether to tell Bruce what you've done, let him do what he'd do. And then after that, you don't see who's talking, but I assumed it was just still Duke. Unless it was each of them saying a word, but again, why not put the color? It was the same problem in his Detective 1000 story. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, when like you had the entire Bat family in there. Yeah, and like you don't know who's talking other than when Barbara Gordon says, like, I used to date Nightwing. But, uh... <laughs> Anyway, uh, that pissed me off. Anyway, um, they're beating up on Thomas Wayne, and they had a decision whether or not to to put him? a to no to put an, to put arrow, an arrow in his back? spine, which will basically paralyze him. They want to they want to backgirl this. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. they want a killing joke, Thomas Wayne. Well, some of them yes. do, some of them don't. Tim Drake is just like, okay, guys, that's a little far. I mean, Barbara's right here. <laughs> Yeah, so so Tim is like, uh, what if we offer him mercy? Mercy, and Damien is just like Edge Lord, like yes, Timothy, of course. And when he says no to mercy, then we put an arrow in his spine. Like, thank you, Damien. Very cool. I thought it was um, weird when he said Timothy too. Like, yeah, call him Red Robin him Drake. Drake. Yeah, Drake. His new name. <laughs> uh, anyway, Thomas Wayne stands up all bloody, and he does his little speech, and he's like, and uh, he grabs a arrow and stabs it into tim drake's heart well hunter shoots an arrow at him he catches it in the air you're right you're right you're right he catches it and then stabs tim drake with it the only one who was having mercy on him and the bat fam stands there shocked like how about when he was standing up you knock him back down <laughs> <laughs> or stop Huntress from shooting at him but also like tim drake's gonna be okay because if you notice he has his red robin suit on here like yeah like so we this know takes place before dead. young justice it, just, it felt so pointless yeah, it's like, if he stabbed like, any other character, I'd be like, oh no. But the fact that it's Tim, I'm like, okay. Yeah, especially if it was somebody like Duke or Cassandra, somebody who's like not in another book right Batman now. Batman and the really Outsiders. Like, oh, man. Batman and the Outsiders. Oh, Read it. It's good. Outsiders. I forgot about Outsiders. But if he stabbed like, Batwoman, that would have been... He stabbed like, Huntress. Like, or Huntress, yeah. Cheering, or if he threw it back at Huntress. That would have been cool, actually. If he did. Yeah. That's it's just so the, weird to me and that's Ugh. how thomas's story ends right well for this issue pretty much like um, he, he leaves and he goes back to his mansion and he asks his guy for a cup of tea he has ventriloquist, for ventriloquist. and yeah. uh he finishes it with that he's batman so yeah in case he didn't know he's batman i don't know yeah, even actual, the bruce and selena story like i was very lost what was happening bruce and selena's story is they're just walking through gotham punching people <laughs> like they beat up solomon grundy like, well, and then uh they beat like, up 
felt really weird. Yeah, they, they're just fighting people and walking around. Uh, they see Joker and Riddler walking, and they're, like, holding each other's arms like a couple. Which I was like, what the hell? And then... Uh, and then it turned out to be Clayface, right? Yeah, and then Joker turns out to be Clayface. And he knocks out Riddler, which made me, like, respect... Thank you, Tom King. I was afraid that they're going to fight Clayface. I'm like, no, Clayface has been a good guy in canon. He's been a good guy since 2016. He's assumed dead right now. Yeah. But Batman knows he's alive. And Catwoman wasn't there when yeah. he died. So if it was like, if he appeared as Clayface to Orphan, Orphan just ignored it, I would, uh, I don't know what I'd do, but I'd be upset. I'd probably send a, I'd probably download Twitter just to tweet Tom King. <laughs> that's what i do because orphan yeah, is even, extremely hurt knowing that clayface is dead even though he's not but yeah yeah but but even so like um in between that i just realized after you get revealed clayface then in between the clock panels you see thomas wayne beating up the bad fam you're telling me he's doing a five-on-one against the bad fam he's able to beat sandra kane yeah she like, can't be what? he can't be even damien uh damien, batwoman babs, babs. I, I never thought it was tim uh, as uh as Thomas Wayne is like a good fighter, I thought he was very reliant on the guns, so that's, this seemed odd. If he soloed one of them in one, I'd be like, okay, fair enough, unless it was Cassandra. If he soloed Cassandra in one. It's a five it. on one here, this is bizarre. I don't and know. he's I injured didn't... too, he's like, he's very badly injured. The only Bat family member injured here is Tim and Damien. Yeah. So, was... it's like, Batwoman's fine, Batgirl's fine, Orphan's fine, Duke's fine, yet they, they lose. It's yeah. weird. Well, the epilogue of this real quick is um, Harvey Bullock, the cop. Uh, he's, like, really drunk, and he's smoking, and he kind of walks outside. He's not wearing any clothes, and he has makeup on, like a target on him that probably criminals put on him. And he's just singing about Gotham, and he looks up into the sky, and he sees the doom symbol in the sky, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. This art is by um, Mitch, Mitch Gerards, who is one of my favorite artists, honestly. So. Mr. Miracle Artist. Yes. So we saw the Doom symbol in the sky. Did tell me this? Would do you see the Doom symbol in any other DC books this week? Uh no. But I only read Flash Forward, Batman, and Justice League. I didn't read Aquaman. So okay, it was an Aquaman. Oh okay. So that, it wasn't nothing to do with the forward, plot, but it was universe. in the sky in Aquaman. And I noticed. I was like, oh, interesting. So they're doing something with the two simple right now. Yeah, but that's uh, that's the main comics. You want to go over the other comics real quick? Yeah. So just real quick, uh, Justice League thirty four. Justice Doomore has been a little disappointing so far. Uh, this issue picked up a little bit. Uh, the ending was definitely interesting. Seeing the various leagues work together was interesting, and I think we're really starting to get somewhere. But uh, if it really reminds me of Infinity War, where one hero makes the mistake and costs everyone everything. Star-Lord. Someone, so, someone Star-Lord themselves. Yeah, so when it happens here... Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, they set up something kind of big at the end. You got kind of like a false climax, which I thought was cool, and I'm just curious to see where it goes. Um, as for J.J. Abrams' Spider-Man number two, definitely a lot better than the first issue. Um, okay. I still feel like it's going to be a bit of a cliche story, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, older Peter Parker looks a lot like Hunter with his beard. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So, so I like that. Um, but yeah, seeing Ben kind of develop a little bit is interesting, and I'm curious to see where it goes. It, it's only a few issues, so you know, we'll see. Okay. And uh, that's all I read this week. Aquaman was... Oh, we forgot to do Pick of the Week and Cover of the Week. <laughs> oh. um i mean my pick of the week is probably flash forward or me too x-men one my cover of the week was probably flash forward just because i love doc shaner my cover of the week is aquaman it's uh the throne and you see aquaman's suit on the throne but no aquaman and like a trident through it and it says the hunt for arthur curry it's really good uh this issue was amazing oh my god you have to read it <laughs> This new character is yeah, introduced I'm, I'm this, read it soon. this uh, old man. He was introduced to the last of the end issue. His origin story is so interesting. It's so cool. You don't really find out who he is. Uh -huh. You just get a lot of his past. But it's really cool. Uh, this issue mostly is his origin story, but also Black Manta comes to the surface to fight Aquaman. He basically just shows up in his Mecha Manta like, hey, bro, fight me. But Mura also shows up to see Aquaman. So... You get kind uh -huh. of like a reunion of 
hey, Mer and Arthur are reuniting for like a panel because then Black Manta comes and kind of be, <laughs> they're just like, uh, uh-oh, Manta's here and Murray even pulls an orm and she goes, rise Atlantis! For oh, Atlantis yeah. to like get ready to fight Black Manta and then Black Manta's just like, you first and he kind of like just starts shooting everything. So next is just uh-huh. going to be a fully action issue of Black Manta versus Aquaman, Mura, Merc, and Aqualad teaming up to fight. Aqualad, he was barely in this issue. He was seen running towards Manta at the end in like just a small panel. And he says, whoa, Pop's got an upgrade. So he knows that's Black Manta and he knows that he's about to fight his dad. So it's interesting. But yeah, uh, this was 10 out of 10 almost, maybe. It's my pick of the week if Flash 4 didn't happen. So I'll say that. Interesting. Yeah, and that's the show. Okay, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to a hero story on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review. Even yes, if we, we do. don't have full, if we even if we don't have full <laughs> X Men knowledge. Um, for, <laughs> your, for a hero story, I'm JD and I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye.